Hello and welcome to another episode of the Koshcast on underthekoshblog.com and at under underscore the Kosh on Twitter. My name is Alex. Mohanad is here. Hello. And Bernie is here. Hello. And you'll have to forgive us. We are literally starting again. We we recorded what half a podcast, two thirds of a podcast, and then Bernie's internet, his suburban internet, decided to <laughs> decided to drop off on us. <laughs> Why did that sound discriminatory? <laughs> I don't it's just know. harder to br- it's harder to to bring it out there, you know. I, I don't know, man. Like you know, <laughs> I, I made it out made it out the struggle to live a, a good life in the suburbs, and you're making me feel bad for it. Jeez. <laughs> I just wish you were closer. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Um, PSG won Real Madrid nil. What a game, he said. <laughs> Again. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it really wasn't, though, was it? it? It was like, it was very tentative. PSG, the better team, I thought, which, to be honest, was a bit surprising for me. Um, because, you know, when it comes to these these knockout Champions League games, it's really hard to, to like actually back PSG, but they really did dominate most of the game. Um, that said, overly reliant on Mbappe, despite his like absolutely brilliant R nine phenomeno esque goal there at the end. Come on, that was a Thierry Henry goal. Mm, the, no. the step over is more R nine. Was there a step over? Yeah, yeah there was a step over, okay. and then going okay. through two guys, I mean, Henry then he glides French, past PSG. He, he the finish, like I get it, but the the tier on rethink fits anyways. And after the celebration from the weekend where he held the corner flag and did the mm. Red Bull thing, anyways, um, yes. And if I recall what I said last time, <laughs> was that um, Mbappe obviously very reliant on him, um, but the changes that Pochettino made towards the end changed the game. I think quite significantly towards um, PSG's favor, uh, those being Neymar and Idrissa Gay coming on. Neymar just really added some creativity and kind of drive that weren't there before he joined, and Gay provided like a box-to-box energy that wasn't there as well. I thought both of those uh, changes were very beneficial for PSG um, and really helped them kind of just to be in the position even for Mbappe to be in that position to take on those two guys and do his brilliance. Um, so yeah, good good changes at the end that we, I think um, just gave PSG the edge. Yeah, I, I agree with that. The substitutions did their thing. Um, PSG probably should have won the game earlier based on, I mean, there were not very many, based on the few chances that were created and Real Madrid not doing anything. Um, they did get a penalty and last time <laughs> before we got cut off, we, we were talking about how it's, Harder for Messi to take penalties for some reason. Mohamed, do you want to give us the scientific explanation or the psychiatric explanation? I don't know which one it was. <laughs> so the psychiatric explanation is that I truly believe Messi thrives on the chaos that he creates. That chaos is the body feigns, the what direction is he going to go, doing things out of sync, out of time, out of expectations. Um and that's kind of his brilliance. And he's, you know, in my view and in a lot of people's views, the best player of all time to play the sport that we all love. So the fact that this person cannot take a penalty kick is crazy. But I really, truly believe that without that chaos factor, you just put a ball there and the keeper's like, all right, I'm waiting. I think it does something where he's just not his comfort zone. Um, and that's a bit surprising seeing how good he is with free kicks um, because he can literally put a ball exactly where he wants it um, with a free kick. But for some reason... I, I I don't know if it's pressure though. Like I feel like really messy with pressure. Like it's just yeah. No. no. 
No. I th- yeah, I think you're right. It has to be something else. I, I did see someone um, tweet a video of those old MLS-style penalties, you know, like MLS 1.0, where they had to, <laughs> they basically had to do a one, one-on-one. And they were like, Messi would be good at these penalties. <laughs> like, yeah, that's true. Yeah, Maybe he just needs to, like, dodge a couple of cones on the run-up or something. That's a good point. Get some momentum going. A couple of shorter feints. Or, yeah. or maybe what they should do is remember the Henri Perez penalty that didn't work. Like mm-hmm. instead of like moving it forward, just move it back. Like someone goes to take it, moves <laughs> it back, and then Messi can kick it in around the player as if it's a wall and into the net. Get Guti, yeah, get Guti into back heel it too. No, no, this is what you're gonna do. This is what you're gonna do. You're gonna get Alba. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna get back. David. Al- yeah, you're gonna get David Alba to just. Cut it back to the top of the box, and that's a guaranteed goal. It's done. Yeah. You need a three-person move and a second-man run. It's going to be good stuff. Uh, what do we think of Real Madrid? Nonsense. You're supposed to say shit. What do you think of... uh, now, now, now that we're recording it the second time, I don't have the same energy that I did then. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I, I just thought they, were, they looked... Um, Unambitious today, possibly a little pedestrian, I might even add. And it's only going to get worse because Furlong Mendy, who is um, solidly second in the Mendy rankings, Edouard obviously won the African Cup of Nations and is one of the best keepers in the world. So uh, so he's there. Furlong, th- there was some... some Nampolis. Oh, yeah, Nampolis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, right. So wait, Furlong is a good defender who plays for Real Madrid, and as far as we know, hasn't raped or killed anyone, so he's second. But Nampolis also won the African Cup of Nations, right? Mm-hmm. I think that so, might put him just, just in second, just for now. Because yeah. it's like it changes every week, right? So if you're, if you're going to win the Cup of Africa of Nations and not step up in the rankings, then you're never going to, right? That's fair, pretty much. So that's fair. I, think, I think, yeah, Mendy the keeper first, uh, Nampolis second, and Furlong third. But now that I think about it, if you look at one of those, you know those like Olympics things where like someone's first, second, and third that you put him yeah. on that on that steps, the step thing. Mm-hmm. Nempolis in second is still third. <laughs> so I think you need to do it in a way where like Mendy the keeper is in third. Yeah, Nempolis is in first, and Furlan Mendy's in second, and then it still ends up being the way we want it. <laughs> yeah, no matter right. where you put Nempolis, you remember that meme of the guy who's like. You think he's first, but he's actually in third with the champagne yeah. and like just all over the place. That's Nampolis yeah. Mendy. He's just happy to be there. <laughs> and then he goes back to Leicester and has to look at Soyuncu Chi ruining all his good work. Um, but yeah, what do what do we think? Are PSG gonna gonna do this? Are they gonna see this through? Or they will will they bottle it in traditional I can, fashion? I can never so, trust. Yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, like, the, the reason the whole fellow Mendy thing came up was because he's not going to be be there next week. Um, so I think that means Marcelo will play. I don't know for sure, but, uh, you know, putting Mbappe up against Marcelo would be amusing. Yeah, move Mbappe to the right. Um, but yeah, I think, I think PSG, I can never back them up to do anything long-term, anything serious enough. I just think that they rely too much on the flair moments from either an Mbappe or an Neymar. I just, I truly believe their core isn't kind of strong. Like, you cannot go through an entire Champions League um, season just on the flair of a couple of attacking players. You can do it by defending really well and barely scoring goals, but you cannot do it the other way around. And I think when I look down their core, you know, when you're relying on Kimpembe and Mendes playing together on one side, you're relying on Hakimi defensively a little bit. Then you look at like Danilo, potentially Gay, um, you know, Paredes. 
it's just not solid enough to go through an entire campaign. They might squeeze by Madrid next game. They might. But again, this Madrid was not a good performance whatsoever. They've had a good season so far in the league. You know, um, Vinicius did not step up whatsoever. Asensio had a really bad game. Um, Bernie, last time you talked about the age in the midfield kind of showing with Cruz and Modric, and that did show today. So, yeah, they might squeeze by Madrid, but I just can't see them like kind of get through a robust... I don't know, Chelsea or a robust no. City. City is also a little bit hit and miss, but like a robust team, PSG are not going to get through them. No, I think that's fair. I, I think having so, I mean, they, they brought Sergio Ramos in for these kind of moments, right? And he's been injured the whole time. Um, but I think they'd be better even with like a cardboard cut out of him at center back, <laughs> just for the like psychological factor. No, I agree, hundred <laughs> percent. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to picture it, and it's killing me. Um, I, I think Real Madrid probably will exert more dominance than they did, which was none in this game, and then that will lead them to draw at, at I mean, to win the second leg and then draw overall. And there's no away goals, so penalties. I don't trust Messi to take a penalty. I don't trust Mbappe to take a penalty. I'm not even sorry. I'm tr- I trust Neymar to take a penalty. So, <laughs> uh, I, I I think if Real Madrid might squeak it if it's since there's no away goals to to matter. It wouldn't have mattered in this leg because I don't think PSG are going to score them anyway. But yeah, fair enough. All right, we shall see. Um, tomorrow. Oh, sorry, Man City smashed Sporting Lisbon. Oh, sorry, Sporting Club de Portugal five nil. Um, Sporting have a trendy young manager, Bernie. You remember his name? Uh, Amarim, I think is his last name. I don't. I, I want to say Ruben, but I think there are too many Rubens in Portugal, and I'm being a little bit. Uh... I was going to uh, say Fairly Jao, so like. <laughs> no, you would weren't. Yeah. Bruno. <laughs> um, anyway, they so they have a trendy young manager, but they've also got Sebastian Quartes uh, at the back. So that seems like an odd combo to me. Yeah, I mean, that, that does explain how you leak five goals. Um, you know, uh, I just want to know if, if they were praised at all by Pep. And then Pep told them, go kill the them. The hardest game ever. This is hard, by far. By far the hardest game, by far. The best team we've ever played. Yeah, the best team, by far. Um, it is but, Ruben. Um, it is Ruben. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I think at the end of the game, like the, Port- the Portuguese fans were still kind of cheering and, 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 and cheering on their team and, and kind of supporting them. And I think there's this thing recently in football, this kind of desensitization to losing to City. Just from the amount of money that they have, the kind of the difference in the wage bills that we talked about, the um, kind of just the different power that that people see in the city team. I just think that a lot of teams, even good teams, just look at the fixture list and go, oh, yeah, the city game, complete write-off as if it didn't happen, all good. And like you'll see a team lose to City 7-0 and then win their next game. Like it's not really a barometer of where a team are in their pro in their progression or in their current status. City will just come topple you over and you move on with your life. You accept it. Now even fans are like, oh well, it's City. What are, you know, what are we gonna do? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's hundred percent true. Um and I, I think it will just be like that until Guardiola leaves. <laughs> like but they'll they'll become you know, they'll still be one of the best teams in the world at that point, because with that money and that squad, how can you not be? But they'll just become a slightly more normal. Like we've seen like Chelsea have all the money in the world as well. But when was the last time they won the league? Like it's been ages, right? Like it, they've yeah, just yeah. become like a, a cup team. So it's, well, I think, you know. I think what Pep brings, forget the tactics and all that is he brings a discipline 
and a kind of will to win above anything. And I think what happens in a lot of the other projects that have a lot of money is that you have the money, City also have the money, but you don't have that ruthless machine-like motivation to do anything to win. And -hmm. I think Pep does that so well, regardless of the tactics, that like the players, he doesn't let ego get in, no matter how much these players cost, no matter how much he's paying them. And if you really think about City under Pep, he's never really had this like, superstar from a marketing perspective, right? He's had good players in the Agueros and the Bruyne's and Yaya Toure's and company, but none of them are like running around, you know, uh, swatting away paparazzi kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like they're not Mm -hmm. a Neymar. They're not, you know, potential Mbappe in the future. They're not a Pogba. Like it just feels like he gets, he pays a lot of money, you know, Ruben Diaz, like he pays a lot of money, Laporte, like he pays money for people, but like that are not these marketing superstars, which I think, is done to keep the discipline as well within the squad. Jack Grealish is trying his best to uh, <laughs> to, <laughs> yeah. to upset that, but uh, to your point, you're right. And it, it Klopp is a little bit similar, right? Where it's like, okay, we're going to work for the team, and the team is the most important thing. I mean, look at Bernardo Silva, who was apparently out the door. Not even apparently. Pep said he wanted to leave. That was mm-hmm. done deal. He, keeps, he doesn't leave because no one can afford him, but he still gives, like all of himself and look what and look at the performances he's giving you can't do that unless you have total trust and respect in the manager but also in in the club as a whole so you know he's built something that hopefully should last that's a very good point because there was a couple of players that were also on the brink of you know went from like i'm leaving to being the most important cog in the team bernardo silva is doing it this season cancelo cancelo when he first joined barely getting minutes he was like i'm out of here now look at him spoken as the best right back and left back in the world right mm-hmm. stones is a great example he can't he can't get a game again <laughs> like yep. it's just funny how these things happen um with pep it's like so close to the brink of leaving and then all of a sudden you know the season is hinging on this person it's true even earlier this season and there was talk about sterling yep. and like he, he may still leave because the contract situation's up in the air but at the same time second half of the season or you know the last few months he's been stellar scoring goal after goal so there you go and also the other day actually to your point about like the team coming first it was after a league game and de bruyne i guess at some point had like chased back and won won a 50 50 or something like that something you wouldn't associate with like kevin de bruyne and the the reporter asked pep like is it an inspiration for your other players when you know you see someone as talented as kevin de bruyne doing that and pep just went well he knows if he doesn't do that he's not gonna play in my team right so yeah Makes sense. Um, in the Champions League, we've got Salzburg against Bayern. Um, they live about 20 minutes away from each other. So be, the most interesting thing about this, I think, is whether they'll like take a coach or a, or a <laughs> one-minute plane ride. I would, just from the size of them, I would say Salzburg lives 20 minutes away from Bayern. Not, I, would, I wouldn't phrase it they live 20 minutes away from each other. I think Bayern lives there and Salzburg lives 20 minutes away. <laughs> They're in the vicinity. Yeah. I, I think they should all just take like, take like a few helicopters just, just so they can say they were in the air. <laughs> yeah, well, so it feels like a Champions League night. You know? yeah. <laughs> they just play the, they play the anthem on the way over. <laughs> on the loudspeaker for a helicopter over the stadium. <laughs> Um, and then we've also got, I mean, much more interestingly, Inter Milan against Liverpool. Um, when this came out, I, I picked it out as possibly the tie of the round. Um, Bernie, you said that Liverpool were batter Inter. Do you still feel that way? I stand by that. Absolutely. 100%. Alexis Sanchez ain't going to do shit. <laughs> and neither is Jekyll in this game. So He's back, no. baby. Sure. 
Okay. Just saying, he's had an unbelievable couple of months. I I'm happy Alexis? for him in Syria, mm -hmm. uh, which is clearly we've proven with Lukaku and Ronaldo that it means absolutely nothing. And Morata as well. All right. So. I, I think, I mean, I think Liverpool will win. I'm not sure it's going to be a battering, but we, we will find out. Um, Bernie, Liverpool... you're, sorry, I was just like, Bernie, yeah. to your point, you're always saying how Salah is angry since the Afghan. I think, I think that might kind of play into it a little bit, just kind of run riot. Bruh, like, <laughs> it's going to be ugly. Like, it's going to be bad. Salah's going to be shooting from the halfway line. From, like, he's going to be chasing down every ball. Mate, nah, this, I, I can't wait to watch this. I actually can't. Not passing that. to anyone? No, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> there was a, um, did you guys see the Trent quote about Man City and the Champions League? No. No? He's throwing some shade, man. He says, um, he was asked whether like Liverpool should have won more with the talent that they have. And he says, we don't feel disappointed that we haven't won enough trophies as the ones we have won are the biggest and best you can get your hands on. Not making any digs, but you can look at Man City's amazing team and they haven't been able to lift the Champions League. They've won a couple of Premier Leagues, but haven't been able to win the Champions League. We've won both over the last few years. Yeah, I mean, one of them beating, I mean, he's beating, factually beating, correct. Beating, beating Spurs in the final like doesn't count. Look, Pep came out recently and said, number one is the league. And they asked him, they said, you know, what about from a city owner's perspective that have never won the Champions League? He's like, of course, I'm not saying I'm not trying to win it. I'm obviously trying to win it. And yes, we failed. But at the end of the day, Champions League, you can go through with four fluky games and win the thing, right? The league is the real barometer of the team. 38 mm -hmm. games. How do you do across those games? tough games, you know, for over six to seven months or whatever it is, that's really what shows you how good a team is. Now, if the team is that good and won the league, hopefully they can put out, put together eight good games in the middle there to win the Champions League. But if not, it doesn't change anything. And I, I agree with him. I think Alex Ferguson said the same thing. I think a lot of managers say the league, the league, the league, and then the Champions League is like a cherry on the top. But like, I don't know. I think I, I don't disagree with him. Like, he, again, he's not saying I'm not trying to win it, and it's not important. It is. It would be fantastic. But like, if I had to pick next season, it would be the league. I, what was what was the question again? He was asked, Alex. Like, what what was the? Um, he was asked whether. Oh, like Trent. He was asked whether yeah. they felt they should have won more with the squad that they have. So to me, the only answer is yes. We should have won more. Like I agree with him in that. Sure, you've won the biggest trophies, and there are other clubs that haven't won it. But it's when it's why when we get into which is the best Premier League team to ever exist, you know, people bring up like United fans bring up the teams that won the Premier League three times in a row and won the Champions League. That's what you should be doing. And that's what City are close to just not winning the Champions League, which to Mona's point, you, you know, you're sometimes one defensive midfielder away from winning the damn thing. You know what I mean? Like little things have to go your way, your way here and there. But. I still respect the team that is absolutely dominant in the league, like City are, more so than Liverpool, who imploded last year for many a reason, but still imploded and won't get close this year as well. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I take the domestic dominance point, um, although I, I will say that I think Pep is saying that because like he knows that he's going to sabotage himself when it comes to you know the, the, the key moment in the Champions League and like play fucking John Stones as a 10 or something mental in the semi-final. Um, but the thing with Liverpool is that A, you know, they, they won the league. The year before that, they were a point off. And like, arguably, you know, a lot of people would have said they were the better team that season. They were phenomenal. So they've been phenomenal in the league 
the last few years, even if they don't haven't won it every year. And it like they're up against one of the best teams we've ever seen in Manchester City. This isn't normal, right? And then the other thing is, they've been pretty dominant in the Champions League. I know last season wasn't brilliant, but the two seasons before that, they were in the final. And like that's really hard to do. Whether you, you know, again, whether you win all the finals or not, being in the final twice twice in a row is really bloody impressive. Real Madrid did it many times. Ah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, but, uh, you know, that, that's heritage I, in the universe. Uh, yes, yes. Heritage is very important, as we said. No, last recording didn't make it in here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, before we talk about the Premier League, we'll start with this question that came in from Jojo, um, who says, uh, and this is both a Manchester United and an Arsenal question. Um, Jojo says, seeing all the leaks at Manchester United, has Mikel Arteta actually done a good job with the culture at Arsenal? Um, and I'm going to start. I'm going to start on the United side um, because there have been <laughs> there have been a lot of leaks lately, or it seems that way at least. Mainly, um, uh, mainly by Maguire in defence. <laughs> exactly, um, but also like the manager saying things at press conferences, and then we're we're seeing reactions from players, that, you know, coming from sources close to the club and what have you. Um, so, Bernie, what is actually the situation there? And then we'll go on to talk about the the um, corresponding Arsenal situation. I think when things aren't going well, you get bigger chances of leaks um we've seen that but to your point ralph saying a lot of things and then people start feeding stuff to the press to respond and then you had jesse lingard's brother putting stuff on his instagram like and then clearly we know he's a source of a leak we know donny van der beek was a source of a leak (laughs) under ralph van der lake i like that um ralph just needs to say a lot less so now he's hiring uh, uh, Rafa Honigstein to be his media consultant when all he needs to do is just deflect. Is he? Yeah, he's hired <laughs> Honigstein to be his media consultant, and I I just don't understand what Honigstein is going to say except well, shut but, the hell up. But it That's shows amazing. that like the fact that you need a media consultant means you're doing too much media. Like it's very clear. Like the yeah. fact that you need one means like you need to just do less. Uh, but also, there's the best leak was the. Uh, the American assistant manager being likened to or called like the same as what's his name? Ted, Ted Lasso. Yeah. yeah. Chris yeah. Armas. That, that's uh, look, uh, we hated Armas and we came out and said this was a stupid appointment. I maybe even made the Ted Lasso joke ourselves, but mm-hmm. there's, I, that's one leak. I don't believe because they literally cut and pasted the same words up. Talk about Kieran McKenna, <laughs> like with all his own stars. So they're just being very, very lazy. Like honestly, to, at that point. to be fair, Alex did say the second we heard of the appointment that the players are going to hear the American accent and go, Nope. Hundred <laughs> percent. Well, we did. Hundred so. <laughs> percent. Like it just doesn't work. Even when you hear it on commentary, and I know this is like discriminatory. It's not as if there aren't people with North American accents who know exactly what the hell they're talking about. We've had them on the show, but it just for English players or for players like who aren't used to it. We saw it with Bob Bradley went to went to Swansea. Like people just weren't having it, and it, it might be unfortunate. <laughs> But it is, it is the case. I love it. It's like, your accent is from a background that knows nothing about football. We will not take you seriously. Like, yeah. no matter how much you've studied, all your UEFA certificates and accreditation, I don't care, mate. Like, you don't sound like us. You don't know what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> Tim, Tim Howard said that he was rinsed by the United players for saying fries all the time instead of chips. And, uh, he, yeah, he said it was pretty bad, the, the bullying that he got. So I don't, I don't think Armis gets away with anything. Um, no. but yeah I'll, I'll just to answer the question directly I like Arteta's style in that I don't believe managers should be saying as much as they're saying like I get it it's entertaining sure fine but in terms of handling your business in the club 
say less. And like Arteta is the funniest guy because they ask him questions, he just looks at you dead in the eye, looks at the journalist, and he's like, "No, I'm not. I'm not gonna talk about that today." And they ask him a follow-up mm-hmm. question, he goes. No, I'm not going to answer that. It's like he just says the same thing over. I'm like, that's how you manage the situation. He, he also did a very smart thing during, you know, the time when um, there was all the COVID cancellations. Surprisingly, there's none anymore because the rule came out. And now, oh, all clubs are fine. <laughs> um, so during the COVID stuff, he just he literally came out and said, by the way, I'm going to stop giving injury updates because yeah. I have no idea what's going to happen in a couple of days and you're going to use it against me. No more injury updates. Thank you very much. Very smart. <laughs> yeah. Because it's like you say something on a Tuesday, come the game on a Saturday and you've ca- you called for it to cancel and you'd be like, well, on Tuesday, said everything's fine. Like, you don't need that crap. You know what I mean? <laughs> so just say less, like Bernie's saying. Just say less and move on. Well, e- even <laughs> then, it's brilliant because like, I don't know why you're even giving the opposition information anyway. I mean, Ralph, they asked Ralph about Edson Cavani. He goes, he asked for a couple of days off. And like, <laughs> I'm like, he literally said that. And Premier League fans, like United fans, were like, "What is going on?" Like, and then Lingard, he's like, "Yeah, his head isn't right." He asked for some days off. Lingard's like, "No, I didn't." It's like, yeah. just do what Arteta goes and goes. I'm not answering your question. Like, just yeah. do that, please. I mean, you're also giving ammunition to to other fans because you know fans in England. Like, if you go like, "Yeah, Cavani asked for two days off," he'll get called like day off wanker at the next game or something. <laughs> also, I think the only time managers should not say less is when they are analyzing Manchester United after beating them. I mean, <laughs> please, tell us about how you knew you could beat them on the outside. Tell us about how they were so shit at reverse gear or whatever Hasenhutl said. Just that part can stay for sure. These uh, Germans and Austrians, my God, they have no filter whatsoever. Just go about... There's no rules. We'll be nice to them well, after I... the game. Nah. Nah. There's an, there's an earnestness that is not... like. English society is so cynical and and these guys are coming in and they like we I want to provide you tactical information like you've asked me a question I'll, I'll try and give you an answer and then everyone's just like ah whack. <laughs> like it's just oh the dance <laughs> yeah. it's like I don't think Hasenhut was trying to dance he's just giving no. us some tactical background exactly he's like I'm trying to explain my philosophy here <laughs> there, was, there was another one where like um, Ralph I couldn't believe what he said they asked him about Cavani again and Cavani leaving and Ronaldo, do you need to buy a striker? He goes, Yes, <laughs> we need to buy. <laughs> and he's like, We need to buy a young striker who's at the top of his game. I'm like, Ralph, mate, prices <laughs> all went up. Every all the prices just went up through the roof, mate. Why are you doing this? Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, yeah, but both our clubs are being linked with the uh, the same strikers too. It's a bit distressing. Um, but yeah, just finally, Mo, uh, any further thoughts on, on how Arteta uh, manages? That he was asked recently whether he found the mole. There was supposed to be a mole like a year ago or so, and he said, "Yeah, he thought so." Yeah, I think I don't know what he did with it. <laughs> buried it back underground. I think I think he's done a good yeah. job from just a changing the culture around the club in general. And for such a young manager, it's his first time job. It's not an easy job to come into where it's not. It's not like okay, here's all the money, here's the signings. Now you just be brilliant tactically and make them win. It's like, all right, can you be Arsene Wenger 2.0 in your first managerial job? Like, it's not easy. I know he has a better cast around him now than he did a couple of years ago, and it's showing. But like, he's trying to do a lot more than just points at the you know at the end of a game and it's not easy and it's difficult and it comes with its challenges and you know you look at arsenal's average age we signed eight players under 23 in the summer and they're all critical to our side it's not like fringe players you know we have 
three superstars in ESR, Martinelli, and Saka who are like 20, you know. So it's not an easy thing to do. It's not an easy thing to 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 coach the, um, I guess, the kind of uncertainty of these young players as well as kind of keep everything around the club kind of as intact as possible. The fans are very demanding. The Arsenal fans are very vocal online. Again, it's just not a position I envy at all. And it's not easy for anyone, even if someone is a lot more experienced than Arteta, I don't think would find this easy. I mean, you you, you look at Conte at Spurs and, and how he's struggling. It's not... Mm-hmm. Life of a manager is very hard. And I think Arteta has it harder than most, just with everything surrounding the club, um, at least from kind of an Arsenal fan perspective. You just see so much. Every little thing is questioned. Every little thing, is, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like the fact that LA Rams won the, won <laughs> yeah. the NFL is now like a huge talking point in the Arsenal community. Like, it, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, the, the thing that it always reminds me of is in the summer when Edu was like being a knob and taking pictures on a boat. And like Arteta had to answer questions about that. He's like, can I just... Not, please. But anyway, um, I'm going to rattle through some some Premier League results and you guys can tell me what you want to talk about. Although I think I'd like to start with Newcastle 1, Aston Villa 0. Um, and I, I'll put this to you, Mohamed. Uh, very excited about Steven Gerrard. Lots of potential. One win in six. Just going to throw that at you. Okay, so I was going to start in a very joyful mood and talk about Newcastle, but I guess this is where you Sorry. are. Sorry. Okay. So... <laughs> Look, I don't know what Aston Villa stats are. All I can know is gut feeling. When I've watched them recently, they felt fun to watch. They felt good. And it feels like they're getting getting better. Am I like hugely following Gerard's career? No. But do I feel like they're better to watch and they're more fun and they're a bit more solid than, than previously? Yeah, maybe I'm wrong. It's just how I feel about them. No, that's fair enough. But you, like we were talking about, you know, Premier League English culture. Like our culture is, if you if you say anything positive about anyone, that's your boy now. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Jared is now my boy, and yep. I'm back into the hilt. And <laughs> I got and like you have to ask me a question specifically about him at the start of the Aston game. <laughs> yes, exactly. But all right, I'll let you do the fun bit. Let's talk about Newcastle. Eddie Howe's doing a good job, man. Three wins in the last three or something. I tune into Newcastle games. I genuinely do because they have an unbelievable passion about them right now and they grind out results and they really want to stay in this league and the fans are crazy passionate and they're excited now with this new project and honestly like I tune into Newcastle games now because they just want to grind out results and you see it every game they they die for the shirt every game and it's fun to see yeah which is hilarious because they're essentially being they're, they're like playing to be replaced in the summer but they don't know that yet or they haven't figured it out They've just done enough now to avoid relegation, in my mind, um, because now Norwich, Watford, and Burnley are way too bad. Um, so, you know, congratulations on avoiding relegation. Uh, you've done it, lads. Uh, at Villa's, Villa's expense, who are, um, yeah. As I Here said, when uh, Gerard first came, I said, just just wait. Like, Mohanid loves to crown people as things the first day he sees them. He's like, yep. this guy's amazing. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Because what he's doing is, like, for our listeners, it's the law of averages. Where he's like, and then if the guy ends up good, he's like, don't I have the eye for talent, guys? Like, didn't I tell you? But then okay. when the guy shit, he goes very quiet and doesn't say anything until I have to remind him that I said, just give it a minute. Wait, so- it's going to end up shit. Same thing with Lampard. Same thing with Gerard. Just hold think on. Of how, think it of how scouts out. work. It could. It could. Think of how scouts work. Scouts don't get 100% of their options, right? They just need to get enough right and you forget about the best stuff. I saw... Okay, let me tell you this. Broja, or Broja, or whatever oh, you want to oh say, God. came on 
it, for the last 30 minutes of a game for Southampton a couple mm-hmm. of months ago before he was a starter. He mm-hmm. was on the bench the whole time. He came on and I texted and I said, this guy is something. Just from that half an hour, didn't even score, didn't assist, didn't do anything. But it's like, this guy is something. And look at we now. Linked with Arsenal, linked with going back to linked Chelsea. Linked to Arsenal. I'm just saying, he's having an unbelievable couple of months. I've got a little bit of an eye for that. And listen, Gerard will be successful. <sighs> he will be. Monet, I'm just going to say that it's a good scout watches a person multiple times. <laughs> like That's actually how it works. You can't be like, look how scouts work, and they watch them once and go sign that guy. That's how you get like freaking <laughs> Danielson who with weird ankles. Like, that's how you get that by not scouting enough. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, <laughs> to be fair to Mo these days, you know, you'd scout a player, you'd be like, he looks good, send me the data. We don't have a data team, so Mo's just going on the eye alone. <laughs> The eye test is all about the eye test. Well, occasionally, Roche will do a, a deep dive into the stats, but it will just be like goals and assists. I'm just asking for a good sample size. That's all. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> well, I don't like to wait. I don't like to wait. I'm too like it's like now. I've seen this guy. I'm talking about him. He's the next big thing. Done. It's, no, it's I, exactly I mean, like James Rodriguez was like, oh, he's gonna be the next. Like, and then now he's an Al Rayan. Like, come on, mate. Come on, mate. Have some shame. Have some shame. I'm sure that's a big club. <laughs> Coming from the guy that backed up, what's his name? Kagawa. Do not talk about. Do not and talk shit Soldado. about Kagawa. Do not yeah. talk shit about Kagawa. Yeah. Okay. Soldado was going to be the best record in the league. <laughs> like, I understand that my change in tact is because of Soldado. Okay, relax. So okay? yeah. no, that's why I'm like, take your time. <laughs> right. the, the straw that broke the camel's back. But uh, Mo did make another call this week, which was um, after seeing. Uh, I nearly said Chelsea. Everton beat Leeds. Was it Leeds? Yeah. 3-0. Relatively impressive, although Leeds have been very shaky this season. Um, you did say Lampard already proving himself to be better than Rafa Benitez. <laughs> Which Listen, is... <laughs> Benitez has won the Champions League and stuff. I just mean... Okay, you know that's not... You, you know I didn't mean in totality of their careers. Okay, all I'm saying is that it's slowly proving that it was worth the change. Did you see the hug he gave Dele Alli? Oh, beautiful. Him? Lovely, right. lovely little hug. I mean, that's a Klopp hug. Yeah. That's not any that's kind true. of hug. So um, he's, he, he's did, he, he did get one very good pass out of Dele Alli. So that's, you know, that is progress. Yeah. Yeah. For, for the rest of... Oh my God, Dele Alli was so bad that game before. Get him the game before, yeah. Yeah, he was so, he was just uninterested. Just you're not good enough to be this uninterested. But let's talk about my favorite little Dutchman and yours, little Leaky. Beaky. Leaky. Playing as an eight, box to box, English Premier League, physical as you like, twelve kilometers. Bernie, he can do it, man. He can do it. What What did I specifically tell you? Oh, here we In go. The po- no, no, no. <laughs> did you listen to the pod before? I swear. I swear it changes by the minute. And it's always, it always starts with, what did I tell you? Hang on. Hang on. I, wait, wait. You, no, you asked a question. I'll answer it. You said that Donny van der Beek had to play as a number 10, a goal-scoring number 10, same as Deli Ali. And to be fair, I agreed with you, but that is what you said. No, what I said was, yes. he's... Yes. A, no, hold on, hold on. I said that they bought him to play as a 10, but he's going to have to play as an 8, and he's going to have to play an 8 with a good defensive midfielder. Go check the records. I said that. Listen, listen. I don't even care what we're talking about anymore. I just cannot breathe <laughs> at the fact that I'm just... Brady starts everything with, what did I say? And then says anything, and now that becomes what he said. <laughs> I, I, listen, listen. I have literally said this 
multiple times where I've literally used the phrase, he plays with Matic at United because he can only play with a dominant defensive midfielder. The difference between me and you is I can quote what I said. You just make who's, shit up who, on the fly. Who's, so who's that dominant? Was it Alan? Alan. Alan like, is the dominant defensive midfielder. Okay, okay. So like he's, he's, I, he's a good idea. Sign him for United and unlock Pogba. How about that? I wanted to sign Alan. I did. I don't know why we didn't. But the point is, Donny van de Beek had a very good game. We'll see if he has more because sample size is very important. No, no. All, it's only one it game. Oh, one game yeah. is all that matters. Oh, to you. Yeah, sure. Yeah, van oh, der Beek yeah. has made it. Lampard has made it. Dele <laughs> <Ali> has not. <laughs> well, he's got one on, one off. So, jury's out. Oh, my God. <laughs> sorry, I know we moved on from Villa, but I got to say, watching continue mm. in the Premier League is fun. It is fun. Like, like as, as much as we've laughed about him, he's been the butt of jokes for three years, the transfer, this and that, great, fine, haha, and whatever. But I don't... Like money aside and all that, watching Coutinho is fun. He's a footballer that you pay to go see. He's silky, the way he moves it. That assist to Ramsey, mm. very simple, but he waited until he... And then the pass was so close to the uh, the defender's foot. It was just in that no-go zone where the defender didn't know. Like, it was... You know what I mean? It was just right. He's such an unbelievable footballer who just went through a really shitty three years or whatever. But at Liverpool, he was fantastic. Now I hope he can regain that because he's a lot of fun to watch. I agree. Yeah. So would you, would, when you get like a Brazilian player who's far more comfortable in the Premier League than in Spain or mm-hmm. Germany or good anywhere point. else. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's cool. Um, speaking of good players, uh, Bowen. Bowen. Um, he's got to get an England call up next he's time. Young, no? right? Like he's scored seven games in a row, I think. Like he's just smashing it. Is he, he's, he's, only... he's English. I don't know why I thought he was Irish for some reason. Hmm. He's only uh, b- 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 born in 1996. Oh, Raheem's age. Wow. 25. Okay, so he's not that young. Because people on like West Ham fans are like putting him up against Saka. It's like, mate, he's like, Saka's mm. bad. Relax. <laughs> um, but he is a great player. He's, an unbel- he's West Ham's best player. He's carrying them for a couple of months now, for sure. Antonio's kind of doing his hard work by not really delivering any stats, and I know that for sure because of fantasy. Um, but Bowen <laughs> has been phenomenal. He has a really good left foot. He's in the right place at the right time, almost playing like the second striker role um, for West Ham. And he's been, yeah, yeah like like Ben Rama, for example, started hot, dropped off, doesn't even play any, like doesn't even start anymore. Um, a couple of people have done that. Antonio for a while as well kind of dropped off. Um, but Bowen has been their consistent guy. Yeah. And it's... um, Where, where are West Ham and the league? They are... Oh, damn it. I just had it here. It doesn't really matter because everyone has like three games. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's well. true. The league is crazy right now. So but they're fifth on 41 points. Yeah. United in fourth now with the two-point lead over West Ham. But yeah, Arsenal, Wolves, and Spurs all with a few games in hand. So yeah, it's crazy stuff. All we know are the first two. And you guys think that the that Burnley and Watford and Norwich are all done? Done. Totally Burnley done. have a lot of games in hand, man. But they're not going to win them. But... No, they're not. No. Veghorst got injured, apparently. So that's... The lamppost is out. Yeah, that's done. <laughs> yeah. I honestly yeah. think if you, if you look at Brentford, like Brentford are sitting with one or two games played more than everybody below them. And they haven't like, won a game in years. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm still worried about Brentford. I'm even worried about Leeds. Um, 
there's a I don't think I think it's too early to call. I I don't even think Newcastle are that far out of like. Mm-hmm. But yeah, chances are in this league, like if you're down there right now, chances are you're down there at least until the last day of the season and some miracle happens. But like, I'd say it has to be those three. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it'd be fine with me because it would include Burnley. That's all I care about. Yeah, I'm done with them. In the, like, like, let's bring up a, I don't know, who's... who's let's bring the, back who's Blackburn or like, something. Blackburn, let's, let's, yes. let's Blackburn would be nice. Yeah, exactly. All right. Uh, unless there's anything else, I think we'll leave it there. We've done, you know, basically two full podcasts at this point so yeah, yeah. is that it uh, i feel like there must be much more well i'll, I'll, I'll say this more. united were shit today and won the game which is interesting counterpoint to being decent and drawing three in a row one one so wait mm. did, we, did we not talk about united we did in a previous recording and then forgot no then but we... did we not about this one well we should we shouldn't come on Do, that, does that mean <laughs> i have to I have to say good things about cristiano ronaldo no, because I mean, it was a good goal. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was great individual brilliance that, that that bailed out Ralph. Let's say that. You know, I think me and Alice kind of talked a little bit when you when you came off about like just Burnley. I think the red card helped United with the potential Brighton. onslaught of Brighton. Sorry, uh, the red card for Brighton. Um, it helped United potentially avoid a major onslaught at the end of the game by Brighton, and I think also Brighton. They played well. They tried to keep the ball, and I, I was saying, like, I think that the ball that trickled to Ronaldo, I think from a McTominay tackle or whatever, I think against a Chelsea, Liverpool, or a City, that ball is still not in that area of the field by Brighton. I think the confidence there that like they're they can go toe to toe with United made them play a little bit too cute in that little area, and then it ended up going to to Cristiano, who did very well individually. Like, I mean, there was still a lot to do, but mm. um, I think yeah, I think that. That got to them a little bit. So, you know, at some point they need to just get out of their reset and, and go again. But um, I, goal I, at the end. I, I mean, I would have Potter as a manager. I would. I, I, 100%. Like, I've said this before. I don't care about this whole like established one thing. I want to have fun, and Potter seems fun. His team is so ridiculously organized. The commentator was saying something about one game where they changed formation nineteen times. I'm like, you know what? <laughs> I like that. I, I, he's just like, whatever. Let's let's do different things. But he's coached them on how to do those transitions and changes in formation in-game. Like, why not? I, I would you know do this. Is That's just him moving Kukurea from like left back to left wing back <laughs> to left back to left wing back. <laughs> but he's so good. It's, Man, it's, it's with, between him and, and Lamptey, they, they really do have some of the best wing backs in the league, I think. I I think with United, if you uh, if you think you're going to win a lot of games playing good football, forget it play Manchester United now and the come to use this word it's my favorite word you guys all know it it needs to be quite agricultural in order to win games that's what they need to do and then mm. they'll be fine but this other yeah, stuff yeah. for, for those for those that don't know agricultural is Bernie's uh, opposite of like cultured cult, yeah. culture does it yeah, yeah just you know you play like just, farmers no 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 like, it wasn't yeah. it wasn't it was the opposite of continental oh sure yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes because yes. <laughs> there is there's no farming on the continent that is what yeah. that's what we established um actually just your mention of ralph uh, made me think of another ralph hasnartle um southampton are on an absolute roll man i mean they drew with united they beat spurs they're playing really well they're doing the fourth two 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 thing like very successfully as opposed to your ralph who's abandoned it already like 
oh, and there was that interview the other day where the CEO of Southampton said, like, we we've planned for House and Hustle's successor. We've talked to him about it. He knows who we want. I thought that was very refreshing. It was like planning your next spouse with your spouse. <laughs> yeah, but at what point does Ralph leave and that spouse still hold on to the possibility of being with you? I don't get the question. Like, you have this girlfriend on the side. How long is she going to wait for you to, you know, make make an honest woman out of her? Well, does the girlfriend on the side know? Like, Ralph knows. But does, does the next it, person know? Does the current... Well, I guess if everyone's in agreement, fine, whatever. But... <laughs> well, do you keep do you keep promising the girlfriend on the side that you're going to leave your wife? What if a better-looking guy shows up? Then what do you do? Do you have a so harem of that... women just like on standby? Like, is that what's going so, on? So, I think interestingly, that is what happened because they said the guy said that like one of their choices. Um, actually has recently gone to a different Premier League club and is doing well. So, Which makes me think it was probably Gerard. Gerard, yeah. Oh, um, so did, did he say he's doing well? Yeah. Mm, okay. Yeah. But he hasn't looked at the stats. So. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're not exactly Moneyball over there. Can't tell what one win in six means. Didn't go to school, clearly, dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> well, Newcastle just signed a massive new deal with stats bomb, so they'll be all over it. <laughs> Nice. I mean, again, more things they're doing to replace the current players that are playing very well for the badge. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. None more so than Jamal Lasalle's, who oh fights God. massively every game and will he be the first out the door. Of the has to be the. But the problem is the captains always linger. You know, they mm. they always keep the captains along just for the. Ooh, we're gonna bring these like fancy-ish players, so we need that big guy to just keep going. Raw. Come on, let's do this. <laughs> Wes Morgan was just there for the ride afterwards. Yes. Right? Just, exactly. Yes. Wes Morgan, Chris Samba, LaSalle's. Chris know, just, Samba. Yeah. It's like when Venkis came in, they're like, yes, we're rich, but we're keeping Chris Samba. Yeah. And what's his name? Nelson. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, right New Zealand, Nelson. isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Crazy. <laughs> Crazy. That is your, that is your one exported talent. Yeah. Um, at least the new Newcastle owners haven't forced them to do a commercial like small mercies <laughs> with the fried chicken in the yeah. two rooms yeah uh, oh, no. I don't know why Ryan Nelson reminded me of Toronto FC which reminded me of uh, Josie goodbye thank you for all the things you put us on a wave mm -hmm. and uh, yeah it's been fun and now he goes to New England and uh, we wish him all the hell in the world you know? yeah but we're getting one hell of a replacement so oh yeah yeah, but we didn't do the Javinko thing. Which is Javinko? No, it's not happening, eh? He's no, he went to, to Sampdoria. Yeah. Oh, so all that talk, and then obviously a European club just shines <laughs> the little, the little yeah. chain, and he's like, "Oh yeah, here I go. Forget about everything I said." Yeah, Italy pops his little head up. Yeah. He's like, "Let me go somewhere where they don't put chicken in the pasta." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, it is a pretty good move for him, though. Like, that's not a bad club. Not well, bad at all. Not bad. What at was all. he doing? What is he currently doing? He was in. Just uh... take, he was training with with TFC for a bit. Oh wow! Yeah. So that's a slap in the face. <laughs> <laughs> for who? Well, it's like it's like us. It's us. It's like Arsenal saying, "Hey, well, sure, you want to join?" And him saying no after all the shit he's been saying. Well, yeah. he did. Jovinko did an interview begging TFC to bring him back. That's what I mean. With them, and then like. <laughs> uh, I'm just gonna go over 
No, thanks. Bernie Bernie was right about what if another man shows up. <laughs> An Italian man too. Oh, oh, that suit that suit was tailored. Everything was on point. The shoes were shiny. The hair was parted, gelled. I mean, he could not say no. Uh, nah, yeah. no chance. Looking like Graziano Pelle. What are you, you going to uh, do? Speaking of that? speaking of looking like like that, you know who doesn't look like a refined Italian right now? It's Antonio Conte. Yeah. He looks like he the, needs a bit of sleep. The man is stressed, yeah. <laughs> and like he hates he hates his players and the club he's at. He just cannot wait to give interviews after games, slandering everybody, saying how like, shit they are. Like we're telling Ralph to shut the hell up. This guy's. Like, <laughs> you hear what he say? He's like yeah. that. I'm not used to challenging. I'm used to challenging for trophies. Not so, this. basically, he said not this shit. <laughs> Pretty Listen, much. We said. You look. Imagine how you feel. You could have waited two weeks and been at Manchester United. Two weeks. I honestly don't think that's much better. <laughs> like, Still, man. Like he, he'll at least get the money. He doesn't have to deal with Levy. Like, no. Nah. It never would have happened. It never would have happened, regardless. I, th- I think he. Um, no, I don't think it would. But I think he also wants to uh, do better than Mourinho. He fucking hates Mourinho. Yeah. He so does. if he can go in and do a better job than Mourinho, he'll, he'll enjoy that. Um, but yeah, it, it is funny. There was one. Uh, there was one moment he was asked. Basically, Davinson started out pretty well under him, and then there's been a complete disaster in the last couple of games. And so the bloke was like, basically, what's Joe Roden got to do to get a game, right? <laughs> <laughs> he didn't mention Davinson Sanchez, yeah, yeah. but it was the implication. And Conte was like, yeah, like I thought I'd been putting the best players out on the pitch, but maybe I made a mistake. <laughs> Like, mate, no one asked you to comment on the Mendes matches, but you just wanted to. It's yeah. been itching. But, yeah. but the, this is but this is the point about like the guy has way too much cachet. Like, it's not an equal relationship, right? Like, yeah. they're, they're punching above their weight. So by having him there, so he can say whatever the hell he wants because he, he doesn't care. He doesn't care. Like, they'll just sack him and give him money. Like at the end of the day, he feels above. The, he's above the job. So it's like. Is he's in there? He's like, oh, I'll do it while I'm here, and if I have to go after, like he he's not fighting to keep the job. He just does not. He was care. bored. Do you, do you remember the one where he said yeah. like Tottenham is needs to get better players or something? Like he, <laughs> I think he basically came out and said those words. I thought, Jesus Christ, like this is kind of wild. But well, that's what it is. Like it's gonna, you know, he'll do what he can with the squad, and then in the summer. They'll either do enough for him to to try and work with with that, or they won't. And then you know, within a few months, he'll sort off. Well, Lukaku left, and he left Inter. So if they sell Son or Kane, he's probably just going to also walk out. Yeah, they won't though. No one's coming in to buy him. Son? I don't know why no one ever. Tries no, to no buy one. Son. He's well, he also now. just signed a new deal. Signed, he's like a 30... nine-year contract or whatever, like an idiot. He's thirty years old, and frankly, like he's getting worse. <laughs> Like he's still very good, but he's getting worse. The time to sign Son and Kane is completely gone. And I saw a yep. rumor that if Pochettino comes United, he wants Kane, and I I will protest. Like I it doesn't make yeah, any but, sense. Like, think about it. Like like this is the thing when people like really think short term like success. I get it. But like if you had sold Son and Kane two years ago, you would you pay for that stadium? Like it's that crazy. Like you know, it's it's sometimes the, the, worth it. The stadium is a billion pounds. Well, you <laughs> know what I mean? You could get like two hundred and fifty million for the pair of them or something, right? At their peak. At but their you peak, don't yes. because you're like. Yeah, but then also you you try and sell those two players, like you're going to have a riot on your hands. Well, that's the know, thing. What are, it's what easy to say for you. You haven't won a trophy in like. No, years. absolutely. But but when you're in a precarious position as that, like it's like the Aubameyang thing as well. 
if 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 Arsenal had sold Aubameyang instead of giving him that new contract, like in retrospect, that would have been the thing to do. Yeah. But at the time, because he was the best player and scoring all the goals, everyone would have been everyone would have lost their their damn minds. Well, right? well that's what happens like, when you don't have a vision for what you want to be. Because there are lots of clubs that would have done that. And even like if you look at Liverpool with Coutinho, they were like one fifty million from our, my best player. Thank you very much, and they retooled properly. Spurs well, could have easily done that. Except the thing with Coutinho was. They actually wanted to keep him, but that offer was way too ridiculous that they couldn't say. Like, they weren't expecting to get 150 million. Yeah, but 125 million for Kane in the summer. They didn't get that offer, though. That never came. Like, it was. If if they put him on the market a year ago, and even a year ago, which I still wouldn't have wanted to do, 150 million, someone would have put that money up. Pre COVID, yes, but not since COVID. Yeah, so you sell him. What what are they achieving with him anyway? That's a minus point. Sell him. And go get yeah. yourself a bunch of, like, brojas or something. I don't know. Shit. A bunch of brojas. Wow, that <laughs> sounded, like, straight out of, like, Need for Speed. Yeah. <laughs> like, freaking Tokyo Drift, like, Fast and Furious. Go it was get... the first yeah, I... in my head because you kept talking and praising it yourself. It just sounds <laughs> like, what's his name from uh, from Fast and Furious? What's the bald guy? Not Vin, Vin Diesel. Diesel. Vin Diesel. Van Damme, my God. Showing my age. But, yeah, Vin Diesel just going, I used all some brojas. <laughs> <laughs> the name of the pod by the way a bunch of brohas a bunch yeah. of brohas done <laughs> perfect all right well we'll leave it there i think we nearly finished and then we rambled on for another 15 or 20 it's good stuff it uh, we need a code name if you've reached the end of this podcast just tweet us Bro. wordle Oh, word no, that's already on the timeline. Like, I'm, everybody's listening to the podcast. That's true. <laughs> Just like, I don't know, like... Uh... Vin Diesel, how about that? Yeah, that's Vin obscure Diesel. enough. There we go. Vin All right. Diesel. Vin Diesel to you. Vin Diesel to me. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much, and good night. Peace. Thank you for downloading the Koshcast. Get in touch at underthekosh blog at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at under underscore the kosh. And for articles, predictions, and the full experience, go to underthekoshblog.com.